Who's glad you came to church? Anybody? Anybody glad you came to church today? Welcome. Hilliard, Polaris, Short North, glad you're here. If you're joining us online or on television, it's an honor to bring this worship experience to you. And a special welcome to all the men and women joining us from more than 350 prisons and correctional facilities in 49 states. Come on, church. Let's welcome our family. Wherever our family is gathered, we are family, and uh, we are starting a brand new series today called Making Heaven Full. It is a year-end legacy series, and if you, you want to know, well, what, what does a, a legacy series look like? A legacy series is the, the time of year where we, we take a few weeks and we stop to really reflect on what we're building together, what we're investing together, what we're planting together because the reality is what we're building today together, we're building something that will outlive, outlast every single one of us. We're building a church that will be here long after we're all dead and gone. We're, we're, we're building a movement that our children and our grandchildren and their children and grandchildren will continue, amen, to champion and carry long after you and I are gone. And so that's what legacy is. It's about living a life that outlasts, out lives our lives here now this side of heaven this year's legacy sunday is sunday december 12th and what what legacy sunday is is that that is the the sunday once a year where where we bring a a one-time sacrificial year-end legacy offering we we give toward the new year legacy vision and next week i'll begin to share with you just a little bit about what that year end legacy vision coming into the new year looks like, but we, we give a, a one-time end-of-year offering toward legacy, and, and how we explain it is this, that everything we do today, everything we're accomplishing today, all the ministry that's happening today, it's being fueled by the generosity today. Everything we're giving today is, is accomplishing what we're doing today, but as we approach the year, uh, the end of every year, our leadership team begins to pray and ask the Lord, what's more? Um, what, what more might you be calling us into in the new year? What, what more people might we reach? What, what more ministry might we do in the new year that we're not really doing right now or that we can do more of in the new year that we're already doing now? What more campuses might you have us launch or plant or build? What, what more mi missionaries might we send? What more pastors overseas might we bring under the umbrella of Rock City Church? What, what's more? And so we, we do our best to hear from the Lord and, and to, to, to get a what's more vision for the new year. We, we present that vision to you. And then we ask everybody just between now and, and December 12th, we don't want it to be a, a high pressure ask. We just say, look, between now and then, would you ask God, do you want me to participate? I'm telling you what he's gonna say is likely, yes, I'd like you to participate. And once you get beyond that, yes, I'd like you to participate, then ask him how, how do you want me to participate toward this year's year-end legacy offering? And then just do whatever the Lord tells you to do. And again, next week, I'm going to begin to share with you a little bit of the vision that, that God has, has laid on our heart for next year, this, this, what this year's legacy offering will fuel and further in 2022. But today, what we're going to do is we're, we're going to celebrate. We're going to look at um, what we've been able to accomplish through last year's year-end legacy offering, what, what God has been able to do this past year through this church. And then we've also got for you something brand new, hot off the press. Come on, somebody. Our brand new year annual report. We're going to put this in everybody's hands. When you leave today, this is uh, 67 pages of God's incredible faithfulness, provision. There, there is miracle story after story after story in this book. And I, I'm going to do my best just to kind of highlight a few of the, the biggest highlights in this book, and then you can take it home with you and read through all 67 pages. And I, I promise you this, when, when you read through this report, it's, it's not just a, a report with numbers and statistics and stories, but this is a financial report as well. And um, I can promise you that when you read through this report, you are going to be amazed. You, you, you're, you're going to be encouraged. You're gonna be more excited about this church that, that we get to be a part of when you read this report because we truly do serve an incredible God. Amen. Like it is, it is, it is absolutely amazing what we get to do together. And so I just want to open up today by, by, by praying and just thanking the Lord. So would you join me in prayer? Lord, thank you for being such an incredibly good, faithful, strong God. 
Thank you for what, what we get to be a part of, this incredible work of your spirit. Thank you that we get to be a part of building something that, that will outlast, outlive all of us. Thank you for these people, for those that you've brought to this church, this family, God, who are always willing to go the extra mile toward making heaven full. Would you continue to use us? Would you continue to bless this church that we might be an incredible blessing to the city and the world around us? We give you all honor, glory, and praise because it all belongs to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, would you put your hands together and honor Jesus one more time? Come on, thank him. Today's message is a fun message to preach. I, I get to share with you a lot of good, good, good news. I want to start, though, with this quote by a man named D.L. Moody. He was an American evangelist in the mid to late 1800s, and he once said this. He said, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. Our greatest fear ought to be not of failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. In other words, when I get to the end of my life, will I look back at my life and think, you know, my life was absolutely worth it. I used my life that I was given by God to make the greatest difference with my life. I, I used my, my time, my talent, my treasure, my mind, my, my creativity, my influence. I, I used all of the life that God gave me to make a difference, and that difference will continue to be made long after my time this side of heaven is through. I lived a generous life, and the, the generosity of my life will continue to have a ripple effect around the world long after I'm gone and I've left this world. I've made an investment with my life that will continue to be lived out through the lives of others. I don't know if you've ever officiated a funeral. I'm sure you've been to one or two. I've officiated quite a few funerals. And, and I've, I've been in, 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 in situations as a pastor where, you know, when, when you're pastoring a funeral, well, what you want to do is you want to talk with family and friends of the deceased, those who, who know that person the best. And, and what, we're, what we normally will do is we'll ask open-ended questions and we'll say things like, you know, tell me some, some story um, from her life or his life that might inspire those who are coming to this service. I want to build a, a message um, sort of loosely around the, 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 the deceased and uh, I want to point people to Jesus. I, I want to inspire other people with, with something from their life. So tell me something. Give me a story to, to tell me something that maybe she did or, or that he did that just really made a long-lasting impact in your life or in the lives of, of others. And, and every once in a while, I'll find myself in a situation where those questions will be met with blank stares. And, and I'm like, come on, can, can you tell me something? G give me something that I can use to inspire somebody. Something they said that stuck with you. Something they did. Something they invested their life in that is eternal. And, and um, there, there have been moments where about the best that I've gotten back was, um, well, she really loved watching Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I'm thinking, Jesus, I'm, I'm just going to need to get a message from you and We'll just, uh, this is going to be tough, right? And then, then I've, been in, I've been in circles where uh, the stories just, just continue to, to roll out. Just story after story, word after word, example after example. Here's something she did. Here's something he said. Here's something they invested in. This is what we're carrying of value, not just earthly value, but of eternal value. I've, I've even been in certain situations where the, the, the best I've gotten is, well, he didn't hate everybody, and, and not everybody hated him, but most people did, right? <laughs> You're like, Lord Jesus, we're all going to need some, we're all going to need some help. <laughs> all I know is when I, I get to that point in my life when I'm, when I'm dead and gone, I, I don't want anybody to, to have to even flinch 
when it comes to what kind of legacy did Chad leave behind? What, what kind of life did, did he live? And what was the impact of his life? I, I don't want people to, to, to even have to flinch when it comes to answering that question. What was the impact of his life? I was with some friends in Charleston, South Carolina, just a few weeks ago, we were at the ARC conference, and ARC is the Association of Related Churches. It's the church plant network that got behind my wife and me 10 years ago when we felt called to plant this church, and we were, we were celebrating everything God's done through ARC and 20 years of ARC's history, and we, we took time together to celebrate the life of a man that I actually never had the opportunity to meet. Most of you have likely never heard this man's name. His name was Billy Hornsby. Billy Hornsby died in 2011, a little bit after we launched our church. I'd never actually met him personally, but, but 10 years before his death, so 20 years ago, Billy had a dream. He, he had a vision to help resource young church planters, not just with financial resources, but with ministerial resources and relational resources and systematic resources and he and he called together some of his pastor friends who planted churches and he said look when you guys started your churches you you didn't have a network there there wasn't a whole lot of help support for you but but y'all figured it out and and God's done some great things through you but what if we could step it up up a notch and what if we could help more young couples plant life-giving churches all across the nation and, and what if we could help resource them with, with with everything you need and desire and and hope for as a young church planter and I'm I'm so grateful that that this man Billy Hornsby he didn't just let that dream be birthed in his heart and and he didn't just take that dream with him to his death he did something with that dream and and I can honestly say today that that we might not have a church today if it weren't for Billy Hornsby's life and the legacy that he lived and left behind that we're still living today. And even if we had a church, it probably wouldn't look quite like it does today if not for the life and the legacy that a man I never met lived and left for me to carry on. And I'm grateful for a man that I've never met because I realize that I'm carrying a torch that he purposefully left behind for me to carry. And now there are about a thousand churches that have been planted through this network, dozens more every single year. And so I'm just one of now more than a thousand pastors who can say the same thing. Thank you for living and leaving behind a legacy that I can champion and carry on. What is legacy? Legacy is living a life that makes an eternal difference. It is leaving a lasting footprint that will impact not just this generation, but generations to come. That, that's what Legacy Sunday is all about. It's about investing not just in our own generation, but in generations to come. Legacy is what lingers long after we're gone. It's, it's what keeps on giving long after we've left this broken world. It's the impact that, that keeps on impacting, the difference made that, that keeps on making a difference. It is, it is what I'm living for today that will outlive, outlast me. And the greatest legacy that, that one could ever live and leave behind is, is a legacy that makes heaven full. It's a legacy that, that impacts not just life this side of heaven, but heaven itself. It is a legacy that impacts generations for Jesus. See, who cares about how successful we are this side of heaven, given the ever-changing standards of this world? If tomorrow we forfeit heaven, and worse than that, if tomorrow our children and our children's children are not followers of Jesus? Who cares about who dies with the most toys if at the end of it all we've gained the world but we've forfeited our own soul? And we've left behind a, a worldly legacy that will one day turn to rust and will one day be given to somebody else so, so that they can do something with it, but we've not left something of lasting worth, of faith that will outlast this world and in the only God who created all things. If, if we don't leave behind a legacy of faith for our children and our children's children to follow, we have failed. 
I don't care about how rich or how poor I am the day that I die. What I care about is how many people have I influenced and brought on to heaven with me, amen? How many souls have I won for Christ? Did I, did I use everything that God has given me this side of heaven to make an eternal difference long after my life on earth is through? I care about the, the multitudes of families that we will see together in heaven, in part because of our influence, our sacrifice, our generosity, investment, stewardship, testimony, and faithfulness to Christ. Notice I said in part because the Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting, amen? But we do what Jesus called us and commanded us to do, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all people. The only thing that matters is what is eternal. The only thing that, that matters is, is what will last forever. And if you've ever wondered what's going to last forever, well, the kingdom of heaven will last forever. His kingdom lasts forever. And you and I, we were made by God to live forever. That's it. The only two things that will last forever, his kingdom and you and I. Where we will live forever, that, that is determined by whether or not we put our faith in Christ here now, where other people will live forever, that, that's determined large and in part by the church's willingness to do the only mission that Jesus gave his church, the only mission that matters, go into all the world and preach the good news of the gospel. When it comes to living for what matters most, I can tell you that if it doesn't make heaven full, it will leave us feeling empty. That there is nothing better to live for than to live for what matters and what matters most is what lasts forever. If ever there's been a, a man who could attest to this, who if he were here today, he would probably stand up and say, this pastor's preaching a good message right now. Come on, somebody. Like he, he knows what he's talking about. It, it would be King Solomon, David's son, who was king after David. And the Bible tells us that Solomon had more wealth and more honor and more wisdom, and he'd accomplished more than anybody who's ever lived. And, and yet in this moment of crisis and in a real moment of truth, Solomon, he said this. He said, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all of my work, and this was the reward for all of my labor." Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. So he's, he's considering his life and he's, he's thinking to himself, I've, I've been successful, but I've been successful in the wrong things. I've gained wealth, but he goes on to say, I'm going to leave my wealth for somebody else to manage. I can't take any of that with me. I've been given one life to live, and I'm, I'm worried, and I'm quite convinced that I've failed to live my life in such a way as to make a true, lasting, and eternal difference. I love Jesus' word in Matthew chapter 6 when, when he says this. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I got to thinking about that passage and the reality in that every step that I take is one step closer toward heaven, my forever home, and one step further from this earth that I'm living on today. Every breath that I breathe this side of heaven is one less breath that I'll breathe this side of heaven, and it's one step closer to my forever home in heaven. And so what Jesus is saying just makes absolute perfect sense. Why would you store up all of your treasure on earth when every breath you take is one step farther from earth, your treasure, if your treasure's here, and one step closer to heaven when you get there? Don't you want to show up in heaven and see the result, the reward of your life lived here and now there? You see, according to Solomon and Jesus, both what they're saying is the, the, the key to understanding legacy is that there is an under-the-sun legacy that you and I can live for, but it will only impact the here and now, and it will eventually rust and expire as with our satisfaction with it. 
But there is an over-the-sun legacy that we can live for, one with heaven in mind, and it is eternal, as will be our reward and our satisfaction with it in heaven, one that will never run out. And so my question for you today is what kind of life are you living? What, what kind of legacy are you building and preparing to leave behind? A legacy that will own the impact under the sun here and now or a legacy that will last for all eternity? You see, nothing we, not everything we do this side of heaven matters. But everything we do with heaven in mind matters. This is where we're going to spend the next few weeks. Everything God does endures forever. Everything God builds lasts. Everything God does endures forever. How does God work? How is God moving in the earth? What did, what did Jesus promise to build? He promised to build his church. Jesus chose the church as the vehicle to bring salvation, hope, and healing into the world. And our engagement and our generosity and our partnership with the Spirit of God on the mission that Jesus gave us is the fuel that will propel the church and the mission forward. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. I, I love that verse because it speaks so clearly to the mission that we've been called to. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Anybody been chased by a gate before? Anybody been run down by a gate before? I don't think so. The reason is a gate is not an offensive weapon. A gate's not chasing anybody down. The gates of hell were put in place to keep those who are in bondage in forever bondage, to keep those who are in chains from ever being free, which is why Jesus said, I'm commissioning, I'm commanding my church not to allow those gates to stand. I want you to storm the gates of hell. Stop waiting for lost and broken, dying, hopeless, hurting people to find their way to my church. Go and get them. Be my hands and feet. Go after people who are lost and desperate and hopeless. Share the good news, this life that you've been given. Storm the gates of hell. And as you do the gates of hell, they will not prevail. You see, our goal in life, it ought not be to ask God to be a part of what we think matters. The goal of life ought to be for us to play an active part in what God says matters. How it must grieve the heart of God to see so much of his church so often saying, hey, I've got this idea over here. Can you bless it? Hey, I've got this thought over here. Can you bless it? Hey, I have this dream over here. Can you bless it? But if he were to bless that dream, the only person that would be impacted by that dream, it might be you or just a few. But God's got a heart for the world. Matter of fact, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, God says, I don't want anybody to perish. I want everybody to turn from sin. What does God want? He wants the whole world to know the good news of Jesus. He wants everybody to repent, to turn from sin. He wants the whole world to be free. Well, what are we told in Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15? How can somebody call on him to save them unless they believe? And how can they believe in him if they've not heard? And how can they hear him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go to them unless they've been sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Well, I've got good news to bring to you today. Come on, anybody ready for some good news? Can we celebrate together today? Anybody ready to celebrate? I've got some good news to celebrate. And again, you're going to get a copy of this, all 67 pages before you leave today. I'm going to highlight just a little bit of what's in this book. Then we're going to look at what we were able to accomplish together through last year's legacy offering. I, I think that's really important because I, I want our church to know, first of all, celebration is a value. And so we celebrate as often as we can. But I also think it's important before we give vision to, to this next 
legacy vision, the one that's going to impact next year, I, I think it's important that we circle back every once in a while and we look back so that, that we can all have confidence. I want you to have confidence that, that when, when, when we say, hey, here's a vision that we believe God has laid on our heart, and if we can all get behind this, here's what we think we can accomplish, and here's the impact that we believe can be made. I want you to be able to see and, and, and say with confidence, when my church says we're going to do something, we do it. Amen. I want you to see that when we say we're going to do something, we do it. And, and hey, when we circle back and say, hey, here was the vision and, and here's what we need to accomplish the vision and here's the impact we think might, might could be made, I, I think it's good sometimes to circle back so we can see, hey, actually the impact was a lot bigger and a lot better than we even thought it would be. Amen? Amen. Kind of like what God's done in 10 years. So let's start with this year, year 10, good news. In a volatile year, a pandemic year, a year where for much of the year we were meeting remotely. Y'all remember that? Number of people saved in year 10. Number of people saved in year 10. Watch this. 2,921 people saved in year 10. 234 people baptized in year 10. And that's not even counting the 164 people that were baptized just in the past few weeks. This is, this is year 10. That, that's incredible. 2,921 people. Now, in 10 years, can somebody give me drum roll? Come on. Anybody want to know in 10 years? 10 years, all 10. Number of people saved in 10 years. Come on, do it louder. You, you can do better than that. Number of people saved in 10 years, watch this, 26,310 people saved in 10 years. You, you know what that comes down to? I did the math wrong last service. What that comes down to, that's, that's, that's 7.3 people saved every day of every week of every year for 10 years straight since the day we launched this church, April 3rd, 2011. More than seven people saved a day every single day we've lived since we lost this church 10 years ago. That's incredible. Number of baptisms in 10 years, 3,298 people baptized. That's just about one person every day in our 10-year history. All right, I'm going to give you just a few more uh, kind of high-level statistics. In year 10, a volatile year, a, a difficult year, average weekly attendance across the board, 13,243. At Christmas, 2020 Christmas, our Christmas service at the height of the global pandemic, the in-person and on television audience, 31,844 people got to experience Christmas. Come on, that, that is so, total television viewership, 261,700 homes. And if you, you want to know how do they figure out their metrics, they, they go two and a half people per home. So you go 261,700 times two and a half people, that will give you an idea as to how many people have been impacted. We, we've heard from 280 people who said, I've made a first-time decision to follow Jesus, and they, they, they did that while they were watching a worship experience on TV. And next week, come on, next week, next week you're going to hear from one of those stories, one of those couples, one of the greatest stories, most just incredible stories that, that's come out of our church in, in 10 years, somebody who received Jesus sitting on their couch watching a service on TV, and the Lord has just radically transformed their life. Since this is also a financial report, I just want to give you a quick highlight financially in a, in a really, again, difficult year, pandemic year. Um, I want you to see giving, total giving for year 10, more than $13 million. And if you want to compare that, come on, watch this. If you want to compare that to years eight and nine, if you want to compare that to years eight and nine, that is an increase over the past two years of 67% during a global pandemic. Come on. That is incredible. But here, here's, what I, here's what I love most about this. So, and we may be the only church that can say this. I, I know there's got to be more churches that can say this. I just don't know who they are. And we're, we know a lot of churches, but, but we may be the only one that can say this. And that is in year 10 of our entire operating budget, 26.8% of our entire operating budget was sent out beyond our walls. Come on, somebody. To reach the unreached, to serve the least, 
to launch Dream Center locations, come on, to, to, to do ministry outside the walls of the church, 28.6%, I think it was like 3.7 plus million dollars just this year given beyond our walls. In 10 years, that figure is more than $12 million. In 10 years, have we been able to invest outside the walls of this church? $12 million. And what, what we just started realizing is, is that we're on track in the next three years to give another 12 million beyond our walls. So what we've been able to accomplish in 10, come on, that acceleration is starting to kick in. What took us 10 is gonna take us less than three. What's gonna take us less than three, what we'll be able to accomplish probably in the next year after that, it is incredible. And all that to say to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within the church to him, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever ever and ever. Amen. 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 To him be glory in the church and in every generation. Why do we say that? Well, we say that because we can have the most perfect strategy. We can have the most incredible leaders. We can execute the plan perfectly. But if we don't have the blessing of God and if we don't have the spirit of God, we have nothing to offer the world. We need his blessing, amen. We need his spirit, the power of his spirit, the presence of his spirit. And I'm so glad to be a part of a church that is fueled by, empowered by, led by the spirit of God through the church, amen? So incredible. Now, through last year's year-end legacy offering, we, we break down our legacy vision each year. Next week, I'm gonna share with you the, the new legacy vision for the new year, but, but we break down our legacy vision according to four specific lanes. And so you might, you might feel drawn to one particular lane and say, I want to give toward that lane. But the four lanes are reaching the unreached, local outreach, Rock City expansion, and disaster response and church planting. Last year, we added a fifth lane because we were trying to launch Rock City College. So that fifth lane was sort of just an extra bonus lane. And I want you to see today what we've been able to accomplish through last year's year-end legacy offering, through the reaching the unchurched lane, where we are specific, specifically targeting parts of the world where currently no Christian church exists. There are no pastors. There are no Christians. There's no translation of the Bible in their language. Through last year's year-end legacy offering, we were able to translate the Gospel of Luke into a North African language, a second language in North Africa, and plant a second church in now just two years, planting a pastor in a second region now in just two years in a very remote and hostile North African region. But before these two pastors were planted, there was no pastor, there was no church, there was no Bible translation, nothing. This was a completely unreached people group as a result of planting two pastors translating the gospel of Luke into two brand new languages. Today, we now have in that region a house church network that consists of 3,381 churches. Come on, somebody. 48,601 decisions for Jesus just in the past two years. Nearly 49,000 salvations just through two of the now 81 pastors who are fully supported and funded by Rock City Church doing ministry in the 1040 window. We now have more pastors on staff at Rock City beyond the walls globally serving in the 1040 window than we have in-house serving in our own city. Come on, anybody get excited about that? More team members outside the walls than we have inside the walls. And I just got this report, and I can't tell you specifically where um, this is taking place, but, but in a very um, hostile, one of the most hostile regions in Southeast Asia, we just got a report in the, in the past six months that 2,500 people have been baptized. 
And many of them, not all of them, but many of them will, will now be unable to return back home because they've been baptized and they've made their faith in Jesus known. And, and many of them will truly begin living as nomads, moving from town to town, going from place to place, sharing the good news of, of Jesus because Jesus is, is that much worth it to them. They've met him, they've encountered him, they've given their lives to Jesus. And 2,500 in one of the most restricted nations in the world have been baptized just in the past six months. We, we were able to build this year, uh, purchase land in Uganda and build a children's development center there in Uganda, which is nearly finished. And we're just now a few months away from welcoming children to that development center. So I, I could go on all day about the, the global impact. I'm, I'm going to stop with this, but I, I just feel like I need to encourage the church and say that, that the church acts as an incredible force multiplier when it comes to our generosity. That when we give to a church, we're not just giving to a church. If it's a good church, we're actually giving through the church. And because of the partnerships and relationships we have all around the world, this church acts as an incredible force multiplier for our generosity. So when I give to one place and when I give into one offering, I'm actually giving to make a difference all around the world in parts of the world where most of our feet will never tread. You see, I know that I'm, I'm not going to be able to go to Uganda and, and find the land to, to purchase and, and find a, the, the, the people to, to staff the development center and find the kids to bring into the development center on my own. I know you're not or I'm not going to be able to support 81 pastors all by ourselves financially and ministerially with all the help and support we give to them and those who are on the front lines. I, I, I can on my own run development centers throughout Central America like we're doing now and, and do all the ministry all around the world and in our own city like we're doing now, but we can and we are doing that right now. And what we are able to accomplish together is far greater than anything any of us could possibly do on our own. I love that about the church. Now, through local outreach, we were able this year to secure a building and staff for the Hilliard Dream Center. We went from one dream center in the short north to three dream centers, one now in the short north, one in Hilliard, and some of you were unaware that we lost a dream center in Delaware. Come on, somebody. How cool is that? <laughs> Delaware. Through our learning extension centers, as children were being kept out of school last year, we were able to provide in-person learning experiences for children, and, and we, we were able to launch the, the ones that we managed and staff the ones that we managed, but, but, but some of you might not know this, that, that we actually created the system, the playbook that we could, we could then give to Columbus City Schools and, and give to local business people and other churches and organizations, and as a result of us giving that playbook away for free, literally Hundreds of learning extension centers were launched all across our city and even in other cities outside of Columbus. That is so cool. But we got, to, we got to talking to the parents of the kids that were in the, the centers that we staffed and we managed personally. We asked them some questions and we said, look, did your child show academic improvement? 100% of the parents said yes. Did my child show noticeable social and relational growth? 94% of parents said yes. Did my child show noticeable improvement in his or her behavior at home? 89% of parents said yes. Did my child advance to the next grade level at the end of the school year? 100% of parents said yes. Come on. That's incredible. Did I see noticeable spiritual growth in my child this year? 86% of parents said yes. Now what we've done, because kids are mostly back in school now, is, is we've said, look, we're not a, a drop-in, pull-out church. We're, we're a here-to-stay church, right? So, so, so we said, let's, let's, if we're not going to run these LECs anymore, let, let's launch after-school programs where the LECs were being held in these same neighborhoods so that we can continue to minister to and mentor these same kids. And so that's what we're doing now. And the reason that matters is I, I, just got a, I just got a report from the superintendent of Columbus City Schools. This was dated October 22nd, and I want you to, to, to hear this today, and I, I'm just going to quote straight from this, this uh, announcement. Recently released data from the state 
reported a chronic absentee rate of 74.6%. Think about that. 74.6% chronic absentee rate today. Chronic absenteeism was a known issue pre-pandemic. However, this data directly correlates to issues we experienced during the onset of the pandemic and remote learning. We are working hard to re-engage Students, I know that you are working hard. I, I know every system is working hard. We are working hard. But I, I feel like the church right now just needs to make some declarations. I, I feel like the church right now just needs to get real resolved and understand that, that the, the people who've been most hurt by this pandemic, it's been our children. Amen. Our children have been most hurt by this pandemic and by our response to the pandemic. And as every other world system fails, we need to say the church will not fail. While every system fails, we the church will not fail and we will not lose an entire generation of young people on our watch. Is anybody with me today? We will not lose. We will not lose. We will do whatever it takes. We will not lose an entire generation of young people on our watch. And while every other system fails, and that's what we're seeing right now worldwide, what we're seeing is system failure, system failure, system failure. When you put your faith in a system, your faith will be rocked to the core because every world system will fail. The only sure system that will never fail is the only thing Jesus promised to build. That is his church. We will not fail. Amen. I love this through, through prison ministry. Let's just keep going. More than 550,000 men and women in 383 prisons in 49 states are now given access to the Rock City worship experience every week. 808 Inmates in Ohio were saved in an in-person gathering where our team was with them in person. Last Christmas, 600 gifts were given to kids of men and women behind bars. 2,295 prison employees have been served. 820 Bibles delivered to inmates in Ohio. 78 Ohio inmates have been baptized this year in prison yards in our state. This is incredible. Through our Rock City College lane, we, we launched Rock City College. We, we now have 11 full-time students offering two- and four-year fully accredited degrees for these students. We launched a full-time residency program in our church. We have four full-time residents. 200 credit hours are being earned right now by our college students. They're, they're not only getting a, an incredible degree, but they're getting hands-on ministry training in real time as, as part of our church. Through our disaster relief and church planting lane, we were able to give in 10 years nearly $1 million toward planting more than 800 brand new life-giving churches through the ARC network. We were able this year to provide immediate, immediate relief and support to at least eight global and domestic disasters. We were able to send much needed COVID relief and support to our partners in India. And y'all know this, but just a few months ago, we were able to send more than $700,000 directly to our partners on the ground in Afghanistan for relief and rescue efforts there. Come on, somebody. And part of our vision for the new year will be how do we now serve and share Jesus with the, the refugees that are here in our own city? Those that got out of Afghanistan, now they're here. What, what are we doing as a church to bring Jesus into that community and to love them and share Christ with them? Through Rock City ex expansion, we were able to renovate and launch our Polaris campus, where we've seen nearly 300 people give their lives to Jesus since that campus launched. We have an active Spanish translation ministry that, that works in real time out of our Polaris campus. We were able to pay for much of the development phase and the planning phase for what's next in Polaris. And I'm going to share just a little bit with you next week. We're, we're still probably about two, two and a half months away from sharing those, those full plans with our entire church. But let me just say this. What's next in Polaris? It is a massive, massive vision. 
We're on track to launch our Whitehall campus in just a few months, first quarter of 2022. We were able this year to invest in both our online experience and in our television experience the moment COVID hit. And I'll be the first to tell you, television ministry, that was not a goal of mine or our team. We did not see that coming. It was not in our vision. And yet the moment COVID hit, three weeks in, we got a call. Would you like to, 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 to have a, a whole hour on our station on Sunday morning? because nobody can get to church. Would you, would you take a whole hour? We were able to pull the trigger on that. Come on, somebody. We were able to pull the trigger on that. And we were able to invest in the, the technology and the equipment that we would need to make that a great experience because you set us up well at the end of last year. Because of your generosity, when crisis struck, an opportunity presented itself. The Lord opened a door. We were able to walk through that door confidently because of the generous support of this church. And I don't know if you remember this, but, but back then there, there were a lot of churches ill-prepared and, and uh, unable to, to put their services online. And, and so our team, our, our entire production team, we invited pastors and their teams to come in, in this building, in this Hilliard space, and, and we actually recorded their services for them and, and helped box them up and prepare them so that they could put their services online to reach their own church. Like that, That's just a way that we were able to help support the Big C Church in our city. And today, I, I think it's, um, I don't know, um, seven to 10,000 homes every single weekend are watching on, on television and many more online. I was voting on Tuesday morning and I was asked to show my ID and so I pulled my ID out and I handed it to the girl behind the desk and she looked at the ID and she looked at me and, and pulled her mask down and she said, are you a pastor? <laughs> now sometimes I'm not on a Tuesday morning, I'm just saying, so, so I actually had to look behind me to make sure there wasn't a pastor behind me. Uh, yeah, I am, I'm a pastor. And she said, she said, I've been watching your services. I've been watching online. And the message is they've been exactly what I need. I've been watching with my kids. Matter of fact, I, I asked my husband to watch a service, and he said, now that's, that's the kind of church I could go to. And she was just about crying. I mean, it was like she just this overwhelming moment. We had a ministry moment at the, at the voting booth. You know, it's like, it's just incredible what God has done this year. I just, I hope you see that, the, the, the reach, the reach, the influence has grown. What, what God is, is doing, it is so absolutely mind-blowing and incredible. And I, I hope you can see that the state of, of your church is, is strong because our God is strong, amen? Our God is incredible. He's, he's strong, he's, he's able, he's, he's worthy, he's consistent, he's, he's faithful. And I just wanna say thank you, God, for being such a good God. Thank you for providing. Thank you for being so generous and I just want to say thank you, church, for being willing to be used by God. Let me ask you one question as we close today. What are you living for today that will continue to make a difference tomorrow with or without you? What am I living for today that will continue to make a difference tomorrow I'm going to focus on the without me part. Without me. We know nobody makes it off this earth alive. There will be a without you, a without me. The Bible says, what is your life? You, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while, and then you're gone. Well, I want this mist of a life, this little while here on earth that I've been given by God to be lived in such a way that the impact of this mist of a life will show up in heaven. I, I want to use my life to the full. And I want to take every moment, every opportunity to, 
to say to somebody who, who may not know, am I saved? Am I, am I forgiven? Am I, am I going to heaven? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father in heaven except through me. Book of Acts, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name given to mankind under heaven by which we must be saved. Romans chapter 10, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. I just want to say to you, if, you, if you've wondered, am I saved? Am I going to heaven? Well, if you're not sure, you can be sure today. You can be sure right now. And if you are saved, I, I just want to ask you, are you living your life like you're saved? Are you using this mist of a life, this, 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 these few short years that, that you've been given? Are, are you using your time, talent, treasure, mind, creativity, influence, strength, courage to make heaven full? When you get to the end of your life and look back on your life and say, that was a life well spent, that was a life well used, that was a life well invested. Will you get to the end of your life and want to redo, a do-over? If so, if that's where you might be today, perhaps you, you might begin today a, a refreshing of your mind and a refocus of your mind and your heart and your thoughts. Refocus your, your energy, your, your influence, your, your gifts toward that which is eternal. Would you bow your head and pray with me? Jesus, thank you for your word today. Thank you for your church. May we be the kind of people that live our lives in such a way that when this life is over, we'll have made the greatest, lasting, eternal difference. Thank you for what we get to be a part of. Thank you that we don't have to do this alone, that we have each other, we have your spirit. Thank you. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Chad, I, I don't know if I'm saved, but I, I'm ready to be saved. I, I want to know that my sins are forgiven. Sign me up right now. Come on, would you just pray with me and say, Jesus, I need you, the only one with the power to save me. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me from the inside out. I put my faith and my trust in you who died for me, were raised from death to life for me. I receive salvation from you now. I receive the gift of your Holy Spirit. Lord, would you use me now to introduce others to you way I've just been introduced to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said.